Welcome to Reinvented Delaware, the podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Steve. We're a husband and wife team that shares the passion of reinventing home decor. We want to take you behind the scenes of our YouTube channel and blog and also give you a chance to get to know us while we get to know you. So grab a cup of coffee, your favorite chair, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation. Hi, friends. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here. This is just Cindy today, and I do have a guest, so hang tight. I'm going to tell you about her. My husband, Steve, has the day off. He is out gallivanting, looking for things for his new workshop. We'll have a, some details about that coming up soon, so stay tuned. Um, you know, every couple of weeks, we get the opportunity to chat with somebody that is an expert in the industry of repurposing and recycling and upcycling and refinishing furniture and home decor. And today we have a wonderful guest. This is Denise from Salvaged Inspirations. And she is, she is somebody that loves restyling and repurposing vintage furniture and home decor. And she's an expert, really an expert. She has loved to find interesting pieces at flea markets and garage sales and, you know, all the places that you and I love. She loves them too. And she is much rather, she would much rather go curb shopping than retail shopping. And girlfriend, you know, I am a curb shopping kind of girl. <laughs> so on her blog, you'll find that she shares her passion for furniture painting, and she has become a resource for DIYers just like you and I. So you'll be able to head over to her blog and find all the information that you need to, all the inspiration, all the tutorials that you're going to need, you're going to find them there. Her goal is to inspire others to find those neglected pieces and turn them into something amazing for their home, or maybe for their vendor booth, I don't know. Um, Denise invites you to join her on her blog and her other platforms. So Denise, welcome. And first, let's say your last name, because I'm never going to get that Ah, right. yes. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Cindy. I am so happy to be here. I have been watching you and Steve on these podcasts, and I got to say, you're both naturals at it. So natural and providing such fabulous information for everybody. So thank you. I'm honored that you invited me on. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Last name is Polish, Jenanitsky. In Poland, it's spelled Z-D-Z, -Z, so they actually pronounce the Z, but here in Canada, we just kind of turned it into a J, and it's a doozy. Back in school, they used to call me Denise Alphabet, the teachers, not the kids. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a doozy. Denise, oh, that's funny. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're listening on the podcast players, be sure to check the show notes for the spelling of her name. You've got to see it. If you're watching here on YouTube, then I'll have it down in the description so that you can see your name. You just have to look at how it's spelled. It's so interesting. It's it's so, a doozy. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks. I love so, it. It's unique. It's so unique, right? Probably so nobody else in Canada has it. So <laughs> you're the only one. So that's pretty yes. awesome. So where can everyone find you? Because I don't think they're going to find you under that name. Uh, uh, you can find me over at salvagedinspirations.com. I am the owner and creator of Salvaged Inspirations, which uh, takes salvaged furniture and DIY thrift projects, repurpose, I upcycle, and I have no shame in curb shopping. So that's the business that I'm in. Uh, I also have a free guide if any of your audience is into uh, thrifting and learning how to paint furniture. I have a free goof 
proof furniture painting guide for anybody who might be interested over on salvagedinspirations.com. And from there, you can find me on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, here on YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, so all the socials are all included there as well. Awesome. Well, Denise is going to share all those links with me, her blog, her Pinterest, her Instagram, her YouTube channel. And I'm going to have all that information down in the show notes or down in the description here on YouTube, because you have got to go check out all the places. She has a wealth of information. I know that you're going to be inspired as you follow her. So thanks for sharing all that. Make sure that you check out all of the links down below. Let's get started. So how did you start this whole repurposing furniture painting journey? Tell me about your beginnings. Mm, I think it's in my DNA because I, I, I was just brought up thrifting. My parents were big thrifters. Uh, my father, speaking of the last name, came over from Warsaw, Poland, and he had it very, very difficult there. I mean, uh, part of the time it was communistic, and then the Germans invaded when he was a little boy. He was brought up very, very poor. I mean, they had to line up around the block for a loaf of bread. Um, it, it was very, very difficult. It, during the war, their neighbors would bring down potato peels so his mom could actually make soup out of potato peels, if you can believe it. Mm -hmm. So he came from very, very poor background and it was difficult for him. When he came to Canada, thrifting was a way to do it. I mean, and same with my mother. She was brought up here in Canada, actually. Her parents were Polish, but she was brought up here in Canada in a, in a humble, poor family as well. So when they got together, they were fabulous. They were very artistic. They knew how to stretch a dollar around the block and back. Um, we always went to thrift stores for furniture, for clothing. The funny thing about it, Cindy, was when I was a kid, I was always very, very embarrassed of this. I remember going to thrift stores as a kid and you know those round clothing racks I would actually hide right in dead center in the middle of them and just hope and pray that my classmates or my friends would not see me there same when we stopped at garage sales I would hide in the back seat <laughs> and little did I know that years later this would be my business this would be my passion, thrifting, curb shopping, going to garage sales, upcycling, repurposing, painting furniture, home decor, et cetera, would actually turn into a very lucrative business. I never would have imagined in a million years that that would have been the case. Oh, that is just amazing. You and I have similar backgrounds, not necessarily with the nationality, but I grew up in a home that did not have a lot of extra fluff in the budget. Yeah. And we learned how to find what we needed to find and use what we needed to use. And the same, I was so embarrassed to buy used things and here I am loving it. Yes. And then the same thing happened in our family oh. with our married life. We've been married for 40 years and we've lived on one income and that's not so easy. Absolutely. And our children learned the same. And now that they are adults, they're doing the same thing. So it's like this tradition that's just going on. I love it. My girls love it. My son, I don't know so much, but our family loves it. And my husband and I love doing this kind of thing. So that's really exciting. And it's interesting how such a hard challenge can force us to be creative. It's a thing I think about a lot. A couple of weeks ago, we had an episode about the creative mind. And it seems at during those 
challenging times when you're kind of stuck and you know, you've lost your mojo. If, if, if you don't have all of the good stuff, then it forces you to be creative. And in a way, a challenge like, okay, we need a sofa kind of forces you to get out there and find the sofa or the table or whatever that you need, yeah. you know, not brand new. So I, I'm up for a good challenge like that. And I think it's a good way to keep us creative. So that's exciting. Um, where do you source when we're talking about that now? And I did hear you mention you're in Canada. I don't know how different it is for the United States and Canada, but where do you source for your project? I'm in Burlington, Ontario, which is 30 minutes west of Toronto, and also 30 minutes north of Niagara Falls, the Buffalo, New York border. So Hobby Lobby, <laughs> my sister and I love hopping over to Hobby Lobby, but I do source my furniture from Habitat for Humanity, the ReStore here in the area, also thrift stores, I have no issue curb shopping whatsoever. If I see something fabulous on the side of the road, I do my happy dance, jump out of that car. I call it, it's not my SUV, it's my FUV, furniture utility vehicle. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm out there. I'm picking up off the curbs and thrift stores. Facebook Marketplace is sometimes a great resource where I can get my furniture to upcycle and repurpose as well. So I source from different places. I think my favorite, and, and I've mentioned this on my blog many times, is Curb Shop because I find that I can get creative with those pieces. You have no guilt whatsoever to experiment and do different things when it's a Curb Shop piece. Mm -hmm. And also to your audience, if they're interested in this, I would suggest for them to mention what they do to neighbors and friends and family and colleagues, because, you know, people keep your eye out, uh, their eye out for you, or if they have something that they're ready to dis, you know, disregard, and they say, Denise, you want this? I mean, many of my neighbors have offered me some fabulous pieces. That is a great tip, especially like if you are in an area that you have a lot of neighbors. We live in the country and I don't have many neighbors, but especially if you're in an area where you have a lot of neighbors, they might not know what you're doing in the garage. <laughs> they right. might not realize what you're doing in there. So get to know yeah. your neighbors. I love that tip. And I know that the listeners are really going to love that one. Um, what would you say are your most common materials and supplies? Like especially supplies. Common supplies. Paintbrush. <laughs> Paint, paintbrush is my most common common supplies for sure. Uh, recently, I've gotten into using different tools because I do think it's important to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. My significant other, Nick, he's a contractor. So he actually helps me, you know, navigate this tool situation that I have if I'm ever stuck with anything. Uh, but yeah, I would say paintbrush, paint. Uh, I, and I say to your listeners and audience experiment with what brands you like to use, mm -hmm. uh, because there are so many fabulous paints and products out there now that just experiment with them and see what works for you. I have been using Dixie Bell for some time now. Mm -hmm. Love their products, but I mean, I'm I have so many other paints that I have used in the past, and there's a lot of fabulous products out there. Not everybody likes the same thing. I would experiment. Yeah, I I love that tip about experimenting, and the world of painting furniture has just exploded in the last few years, five or eight years or so, and paint companies are 
just coming out with so many different kinds of paints. I'm a Dixie yeah. Belle fan as well. I also love milk paint, mostly because of the style of furniture that we have in our home. And when we used to sell the style of furniture that sold in our local area. So I, I'm with you, like experiment and try different kinds of paints, different companies. That's a great tip. What would you say is your biggest challenge? Well, let me back up. When you paint pieces, are you selling those pieces or are these pieces for your home? Both, but most of the time they do get sold. So this is a business. Uh, I mean, uh, the blogging is one aspect of it. The selling of furniture is another aspect. So I do still sell on Facebook Marketplace. I sell on socials. Often when I'm lucky, if I post a blog post with a new piece of furniture, I, I have a lot of traffic. So there are inquiries coming in from there. Oh, is this piece still available? Oh, I love it. If I'm lucky, I don't even have to advertise it. But yes, I do still sell my furniture. If I was in the U.S., I would definitely have a booth. But here in Canada, booths don't, in my experience anyways, they, they, they're not quite the same as in the States. There's not as much traffic here in the booths. Yeah, so that's really interesting about the vendor booth. Now, we had a vendor booth for about six years, and we just closed it last August. So it's been almost a year. I had a hard time managing the booth, the custom work, the YouTube channel, the blog. My husband wanted to start a podcast, so I knew that that was in the works, and here we are doing it. And I just did not have the time to manage the booth. It was so much work to manage a booth. Maybe it would be different if I were just selling a piece, had them listed. But do you have a problem with, with storage. So if you have these furniture pieces that they're done, what are you doing about storage? I just happened to think of this question. Okay. This is an excellent question. A lot of my house is designated to my business. I have a large garage that is filled with inventory. My basement, AKA my studio, I like calling it a studio better than a basement. <laughs> it sounds a lot better. The whole entire basement is set up for my business. So I have a sanding room. I have a paint room. I have my inventory room. Uh, so there's inventory down there as well. My office is here on the first floor. My dining room has been turned into my photo studio. Yeah. A lot of my home is designated to my business and the inventory is uh, there's there's room for it. But again, I mean, sometimes I have no problem dropping a price a little bit because it gives the person a great deal on my furniture and it, you know, spares up some space here, which is important. I can understand that a little bit because most of our inventory was at our vendor booth, but I would have a piece or two or three ready to go so that when the next piece sold, I could just fill it in. My house was like the revolving furniture and I had yeah. furniture pieces with price tags. My kids would come home to visit and they would be like, Hey, can I have that piece? I'm like, no, yes. it's for sale. <laughs> yes. Well, family and friends do have a ton of my pieces as well. And my sister, best person in the world. I mean, I love her to bits. She's my other half, actually. She has quite a few of my painted pieces in her home. And it's it's always a pleasure giving furniture to loved ones because they have the special meaning then, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What are you working on right now? And or what are you getting ready to work on? Maybe I should say if you're in between. I am working on a Barbie desk. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Right now I'm working on a Barbie desk. My sister and I went to see the Barbie movie a couple of evenings ago. I won't give any sort of critique, movie critique there because some of your audience may want to go see it themselves. But there is a point here. Inspiration comes from everywhere. I mean, when you're out on a walk, when you're at the movies, when you're out for dinner, you know, just looking around when you go to art museums, inspo comes from everywhere. So that movie inspired me. I remembered a, a desk that I had sitting in my inventory and I thought, wouldn't that look great and bubblegum <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's what I'm working on furniture wise. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do not advertise this on my site, uh, but I have been word of mouth doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, whether it comes to starting a creative business for furniture painting, starting a YouTube channel, uh, Pinterest. I know a lot of people have issues uh, getting their following up on Pinterest. There is one-on-one -on -one coaching available. And if anybody's interested in that, they could just email me at Salvaged Inspirations. So. Okay. And we'll include your email down below too, in case anyone wants to contact you about that, because I do have some followers that I'm just so excited to even say this out loud, but I have some followers in their 60s who are starting a vendor booth. And I have one lady in particular that has messaged me a couple of times and she has said, I'm stockpiling stuff until I feel like I have enough to start selling. So she might be interested in that business end of it. So I'm going to be sure to include that email so that you can connect with Denise. So if you have any of those questions and I might have to get up with you about Pinterest because that is epic <laughs> fail for me right now. And it's I definitely interest. I do too. And I'm just not managing it. So we might have to talk about that. It, that's what you're working on. I can't wait to see this Barbie piece. I know it's going to be so much fun. So what would you say is your most favorite project? If you can pick one, I mean, it's like picking a favorite flower. That's going to be hard to do. So do you have the most favorite piece that you've ever done? I love many of my pieces for different reasons. So it's very, very hard for me to pick one of my favorites because I've been doing this for 12 plus years, you can imagine how much furniture and how many projects have come through here. But I will pick a fan favorite if that's okay. Oh yeah, that's great. I bought a whole bedroom set, uh, which was the headboard, footboard, two nightstands, a tall dresser, a long dresser, a Facebook marketplace for $400. And rather than painting it as a set, I painted everything individually. And I did a blending on one. I did a creative layering look on the other. And the most simple a style I did was a black wash on the two nightstands. And for some reason, they're the ones that went viral. It was hmm. the easiest, it was the easiest uh, black wash technique with a little bit of the cherry wood peeking through. And yeah, that one went crazy. So it just goes to show that sometimes it's not the fancy finishes or the finishes that take however long to complete. You can really get a beautiful look with a simple, simple paint finish and totally transform the look of a piece of furniture. Well, that's really exciting. And be sure to send me that link because I want everyone to go visit that blog post. I hope you have a blog post about it. 
Oh, I do. Yes. Oh, I have a blog post about all of them. And the okay. $400 turned into like $2,500 once everything oh was sold. So it was fabulous. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a great return on that. Plus the blog post tutorial I'm yes. sure has been beneficial as well. So that's yeah. really exciting. Make sure that you send me that link. I want everyone to see it. Let's see what we have left here. I have a list of questions in case anyone is wondering, I'm a woman of a certain age and I need a little help. <laughs> so my little help is just off to the side here. So Denise, why do you love this kind of work so much? What what about it just sparks it for you? A lot of things. I enjoy the creative outlet. And honestly, this is something I would be doing even if I wasn't getting paid. That's that's the bottom line. I encourage anybody who is interested in going into a creative business to choose something that they love to do because there's so many aspects to business. And usually you're working longer than nine to five. But if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel that way. I enjoy sharing what I do. Um, it reaches so many people and not just in North America here. I love getting comments from Europe and overseas. And it's just lovely that I can provide a free resource that anybody can access at their own leisure any time of day. Think that any business, it, you're going to spend a lot of time on it. So you might as well choose something that you love to do and that you would be doing whether you get paid for it or not. I love encouraging people to salvage. I hope that my projects inspire people to try different things. And uh, yeah, it's been a fabulous business. And there's a lot of aspects to it, as you yourself know, Cindy. I mean, so many aspects go into being a blogger, having an online, being a publisher, having an online property. It's the photography, it's the video, uh, it's, you know, painting the furniture, staging it, styling it, writing. There's always something new to learn, which is another aspect I just love. It's never boring. There's always something to learn. Oh, I, I a hundred percent agree. I had no idea that it would be this amount of work. Yeah. I sure am glad that I love it. I love what I do. Even though we're not selling our pieces, I'm making these things over for our home and hopefully to inspire others. And you do have to love it because there are days that you don't necessarily want to jump in there and do it. So yes. you have to have that commitment of the love of what you're doing. So I, I really do appreciate that information. Denise, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I know everyone is going to enjoy our conversation. Remind us again how we can get in touch with you. I so much enjoyed our conversation and having this time with your audience. So thank you so much once again for inviting me, Cindy. You can find me over at salvagedinspirations.com. There's over 12 plus years of furniture painting tutorials there. And from there, you can find me on all my socials. All right. And all those links are going to be down below. So be sure to check out Denise. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with your friends and family and feel free to leave a review. That really does help us out a whole lot. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time.